You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Let's just get back to the very beginning of our source sheet and the structure of the tractate. And we mentioned that the first three chapters are about finding and getting rid of the chametz. And we've learned those three chapters. The fourth chapter is about working or not working on the 14th of Nisan on Erev Pesach. The next four chapters are the Pesach sacrifice itself. And then finally, the 10th chapter focuses on the Seder. Um, But the Seder as we carried out today, but probably also the Seder as it was carried out in the time of the Beit Migdash. As we go through this chapter, And that's going to be our focus this week. As we go through this chapter, we'll see that this chapter is phrased very much in the language of the Beit Midrash. So as we go through our Seder today, actually, we can think that we're doing something that people have been doing for 2000 years. Now, the Mishnah in chapter 10 is going to begins with uh, an introduction, actually, to the whole structure. On the eve of Pesach, this is on the 14th, close to Mincha, most commentators say this is around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. On Erev Pesach, around 3 in the afternoon, one mustn't eat until it gets dark. That's the first pillar. And the second pillar, you can hear the poetry here. In the first part, shouldn't eat without reclining. Even the poorest person in Israel shouldn't eat without reclining. And the poetry continues, but with a different with a different rhythm. The second part of the Mishnah begins and we'll pick that one up in the final part. They shouldn't give him fewer than four cups of wine, even from the Tamchui. The Tamchui was a kind of a soup kitchen. People would carry it around the village. People, uh, actually three, three, uh, three people, three Gabayim would carry it around the village because they had the right to tell people who had food to put it into the soup kitchen. In other, it was like it was like an enormous, gigantic cauldron. And you need three, of course, in order to uh, a court has to have a minimum of three. In order to instruct someone to give, you have to have three. So three people carry around the village. People who had food would put it into the cauldron, and people who needed food would be given food out of the cauldron. And I presume they had a similar thing for wine, because someone who doesn't have food for two meals is allowed to take food from the Tamchui. And it sounds like at Pesach time, they give him four cups of wine from the Tamchui, from the soup kitchen. This Mishnah essentially articulates the structure of the Seder. The Seder is going to be structured around the around the number four and around the four cups of wine. Remember, we noticed when we began our study of the Mishnah Pesachim that the Mishnah actually begins with wine. 
it begins with looking for chametz in a wine cellar. So we began with wine, and we're going to finish with wine. We're going to finish with wine. We're going to use the four cups of wine to take us through the, the structure of the Seder. That's the first principle of the Seder. That's the first principle of the Seder. It's built around the number four. Second is about social a social revolution, if you like. Even the poorest person in Israel mustn't eat without reclining, even if they don't necessarily have the furniture necessary to to recline. They're not allowed to start eating without reclining. The seder is an expression of freedom. And the first part, what is the first part about? Most of the commentators say it's something to do with enjoying the festival meal or perhaps enjoying matzah with a hearty appetite. And if you look at the Bartonura, um, if you look at all the classic commentators, they'll tell you that you need to be able to eat the matzah with appetite. That is why we can't eat until nightfall. But I wanted to bring you another explanation which um, actually Avi Wolfish brings. And he connects it. Back to the Beit Migdash, we began by saying, you remember, that this, this Seder which we're describing was the Seder of the Beit Migdash. And you remember that we closed yesterday looking at a Mishnah in Zavachem about where things are slaughtered and where they can be eaten. And it closes when talking about the Pesach sacrifice, Pesach the Pesach offering is only eaten at night. is actually only eaten until midnight. We're going to come back to that as we go through our 10th chapter. No, there are a group of people who eat it. It's only eaten roasted. But it's only eaten at night. And that's very different from most other sacrifices. Most other sacrifices in the temple were given immediately to whoever was going to eat them, you know, the majority was burnt on the altar, but something, a bit like a peace dividend, was given out either to the priests or to the people who'd brought the sacrifice, and they could eat it immediately. Pesach is different. Pesach is different, that the sacrifice is slaughtered on Erev Pesach, but we can't actually eat it until nightfall. Maybe that is maybe that is the, the the maybe that is the the reasoning behind the the if you like the the introduction to the tenth chapter that the seder here is connected to the Beit Midrash. Now we said there are four cups. The four cups traditionally refer to the four promises in uh, Shemot. In the um, this is the beginning of the parsha of Va'era. I will bring you out from the labors of the Egyptians. I'll save you from their bondage. Um, I'll save you from their bondage. I'll redeem you with an outstretched arm. I'll bring you to me to be my people. Each promise is associated with a cup. And we're going to learn, and we'll touch on this as we go through the 10th chapter, that actually, even though we know that there are fours running right away through the Seder, so there are four cups, there are four promises, 
There are four sons. There are four verses of interpretation in Arami Oveda V, which is the centerpiece of the Seder. But we'll see also that there are... We'll see also that for most, or perhaps all of these fours, there's a hidden fifth. So as we go through the Mishnah, we'll see the hidden fifth that corresponds to the fours. And you can see, by the way, in these Pesukim, of course, there's a hidden fifth cup. We'll learn about the hidden fifth cup. But you can see in, the, in these Pesukim, I've numbered the promises for you on the source sheet. There's a fifth promise too. I'll bring you into the land. That's the fifth promise. So for each of the four, there's a fifth, but the fifth is hidden in some way. So that's the introduction to the 10th chapter. Let's now just, we, we've got a couple of minutes left. Let's just jump into the first of the, if you like, the real Mishnayot describing the Seder. And we're going to jump in at the beginning of the first cup. We won't finish the first cup tonight, but at least we'll begin the first cup. Mazgulu Rishon. They mixed him the first cup. In the time of the Mishnah, wine was strong and you would mix it with water. It's not like today's wine. Maybe wine was strong or maybe, we, maybe it was tannic. Maybe it was undrinkable. Anyway, they would mix the wine with water. Mazgulu Rishon. They mixed him the first cup. By the way, we can see already in this Mishnah the idea that we we um, we still play out in today's seder that we don't pour our own glasses. So Mazgulo Kosrishon, someone poured out for him, or someone mixed for him the first cup. He didn't mix it himself or her. He didn't. They 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 they, they, they didn't. We we don't mix our own wine on Pesach. Beit Shammai Omrim Beit Shammai says we bless. First over the day and then over the wine. So shall I say, look, the most important thing here is the blessing over the day. We've already made a blessing over the day, the Bartonura points out, because we blessed over the candles. So the day is crucial and then the wine. So they would say the bracha over the day. Before they would say the, the blessing over the wine. That's Beit Shammai. We go to according to Beit Hillel, of course. Beit Hillel Omrim, Beit Hillel will say, Look, you wouldn't be making Kiddush over the day at all if you didn't have wine. Or well, certainly not certainly not on Pesach. But also we have a principle, a well-known principle, Misha Tadir Vaino Tadir Tadir Kodem, something which is commonly said, and something which is not so commonly said. What is commonly said comes first. So on that principle, a, a blessing over wine, a bracha over wine, it is something we might say every day if we drink wine every day. It's going to be said before the blessing over the chagim, which is something that we might, might only, we, we can only say a few times, a few times every year. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.